Welcome to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. I am Bruce Wozniak, and wherever you have found the show, thanks for listening. This podcast is widely available, so know that there are lots of options out there to listen and subscribe. As you've been hearing me say the last few weeks, Now Hear This Entertainment has recently gotten added to both the Amazon Music and iHeartRadio apps and websites. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter about the podcast. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who released two singles last month after having put out an album in April. She has also done work as a co-writer with a band that has gotten two nominations for Latin Grammys. And for her own work, my guest is on the preliminary ballot in several categories herself. Last year, she made her Grand Ole Opry debut, performing her own original songs. She has also made several appearances in television and film. You've been hearing her rendition of the Christmas classic made popular by Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters, Meli Kalikimaka. It is my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Anna Christina Cash. Hi, Bruce. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. Thank you, Anna. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. As I mentioned in the intro, Meli Kalikimaka is one of the standards when it comes to Christmas songs. Anna, talk about the decision to do a remake of that song specifically, as well as the treatment that you put on it, especially since I was talking over it and the whole song was not played. Yes, yeah, so Mela Kalikimaka is very special to me because my little three-year-old daughter, Grace June, uh, loves Hawaii. We had the opportunity to take her last year before COVID hit and everything kind of stopped as far as travel goes. And we were able to take her to a luau, and she's asked to see luau videos on YouTube ever since. So <laughs> Mela Kalikimaka is kind of a little bit of a nod to my daughter, Grace June, and she loves the, uh, the Tahitian per- percussion in particular. So there's the whole two-bar section right before the song even starts um, with with the percussion, with the Tahitian drums. So that's one of the reasons why I chose to record it. Also, I love four-part harmonies, and I was able to do my own four-part harmonies for this. And I want to spread some holiday cheer this year. But so does that mean that your visit to Hawaii is... When I say, I mean, obviously you just explained that, yes, that's what inspired this. But my question is, would you have done one Christmas song in 2020 if that hadn't happened? Because we know that you do have a Christmas collection out there already. So was this prompted by that visit or was it, well, I was going to do a song for 2020 and I figured why not that one since we did the trip? I was thinking about it for a while, actually, to record Malakulikimaka's really one of my favorite songs and it wasn't included in my Christmas collection which is a collection of 12 Christmas songs one of which is original and the rest classic but I would say that the trip definitely prompted me to do it sooner and because of the COVID pandemic I definitely wanted to release something that was happy I feel that as artists we create what we need and at that moment I I really felt like I needed to to be inspired by tropical vacations (laughs) (laughs) Well, and as I read the press release about your release of that song, it made reference to the fact that you were really trying to bring more of a sand and beach type feel to it than obviously a song that's going to make people think about snow in wintertime. Most definitely. I grew up in South Florida, and I always had a tropical Christmas there. I was surrounded by palm trees, and I feel like Christmas is really a state of mind no matter where you are, and it's not not just about having snow, but... On the flip side, I mean, people celebrate Christmas all over the world, in Hawaii and Miami, where I'm from, and in various tropical locations. Indeed, indeed, and here as well. I'm located in Tampa, Florida, so we certainly don't. Wonderful. We certainly don't know any of that white stuff on the ground come December 25th or any other date on the calendar, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, I know Tampa, and you know. I'm Cuban-American. That's my background growing up in Miami. I know there's a, a big Cuban-American community in Tampa as well. Yeah, very much so. So you, you, you're you probably familiar with Ybor City, where it's really, really prevalent there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. 
Well, at the end of today's episode, we're going to play an original song of yours and let you talk about the song itself at that point. But for right now, and especially, Anna, for the benefit of those who are up-and-coming performers that listen to my show every week to learn from me and my guests, just explain to the audience about doing a re-release, not only of a song that had been released earlier this year, but doing it on the same day that your rendition of Meli Kaliki Maka came out. Walk us through the strategy there, because I know this can be a good teaching moment. Most definitely. So Meli Kaliki Maka was released independently by mine and my husband, John Carter Cash's record label, Avondale Records. So that's the Christmas single that we wanted to put out this year. And Brand New Pair of Shoes, which was released on my Shine album, was released was re-released by Sony Music as a part of Forever Words, uh, which is a compilation uh-huh. of Johnny Cash's unfinished songs, basically just lyrics that were put to music by various artists. I was called upon to do that project early, or, and before we knew that it was going to be released on Sony, I released it first on, on Shine, and Sony re-released it on Legacy Recording, Sony Music, for the Forever Words. Johnny Cash expanded project. Okay. So that just happens to be a coincidence. <laughs> well, actually, I, I love the timing of it and, and them both coming out at the same time because to me, a timeless classic like Meli Kaliki Maka, people are going to hear that and they're going to say, wow, she did a nice job on this song. I wonder what else she's got out there that I would like to hear. And there's going to be all kinds of attention around the other song being re-released or it's going to go the other way. You know, because it's Sony releasing it, People are going to hear that song and say, wow, look at this. And lo and behold, it turns out that she also released a Christmas song today. So I love the timing. I, I do, too. I think it's it's very festive. It's, you know, for the most part, I'm so happy that Brand New Pair of Shoes is being re-released and that Malika Likimaka is making it out into the world because it, we definitely put our own spin on it. I recorded it at the Cash Cabin Studios in, in Hendersonville, Tennessee. My husband, John, produced it. And I really wanted to have fun, to be very honest. I, I think that recording is all about fun, Maliki Yeah, and another wonderful opportunity that comes from re-releasing a song is, and shame on me, listeners, you know what a bizarre mental Rolodex I have of all the guests that I talk to on this show. But I know that someone in the past few months had talked about, well, once you release an entire album and it comes and goes... You know, you kind of hope that people digested it and really dove into all the songs. So here's an opportunity to come back around and say, okay, the album came out earlier this year, but I do want you to come back around fans, listeners, audience, and give the time of day again to this song that we're re-releasing. So again, I think it, it really ends up working out in your favor, even though you explained that it was released independently by yourself and then by Sony, and that's the reason why there were two releases of it. It's still only bodes well for sales of that song and for awareness of the greater project. Someone's going to find that single and then they're going to find out, oh, this is from an entire album that she did this year. Yes, I think I think it was very fortuitous to have Sony as a partner on this. And when my husband, John Carter Cash, brought me the lyrics of his father's with a, you know, with no music, it was, I had to restructure the lyrics and everything. He gave me the go-ahead to put it on my album first. So we didn't really know when the expanded version of forever words, which is like the second part of it was going to come out or not. And when they included it in this, I was just so grateful and so happy that Sony was on board to put it on forever words expanded. Mm. And it, it does continue to perpetuate the song. It, it continues to get an audience and, and it means a lot to me as the co-writer of that. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, congratulations on the new album, even though we're, a good maybe six or seven months past it. The album, listeners, is called Shine, and wow, 14 songs. Share with the audience, Anna, about that project, including who else worked with you on it, either writing it, producing, playing, those types of details. Absolutely. So Shine was a labor of love for three years. It was a process of a lot of songwriting collaborations, including with my husband, John Carter Cash, who actually produced it at the Cash Cabin Studio, engineered by Chuck Turner. And Trey Call worked so diligently on this project as well. I co-wrote songs also with Phil Miller, Kevin Dunn, Jody Marsh, Sean Camp, so many songs. The first single, Broken Roses, which I wrote with John, Bill Miller, and Kevin Dunn, 
was about depression. It is about fledgling mental health and how to break the stigma of mental health. It's about the deterioration of a love relationship. And we made a, a music video for that, for Broken Roses. And it was released on World Mental Health Day, which is very important to me because I feel like music needs to carry a message across. I feel that that's what the purpose of art is for. And then there are various rockabilly influences like Tough Love Woman, Move Along Baby, those kind of songs that are on there too. Hey Hipster, which I co-wrote with Mark Winchester. And that's, that was really fun also because it's kind of just poking fun at hipster culture, not really making fun of it, but just talking about um, your mood is black and your tea is green, your your pork pie hat and your, you know, glasses thick like an indie king. And <laughs> just really fun. Endos that um, has really taken off with the public. They seem to like that tongue-in-cheek stuff. And really just the two songs that are most similar are two of the co-writes that I did with Jody Marr and Renegade Rose was written with Jody Marr and with Jim Camacho. And that is about a couple that is on the run. That's kind of like Bonnie and Clyde and they're robbing people and they're just causing all this chaos, but they're in love. And the follow-up to that is busted, which is, about the couple trying to make it as a piano player and a singer in a bar. Mm. I guess maybe the prequel to that song. So that's kind of like about the same couple. So they decided they needed money, so they resorted to stealing <laughs> <laughs> from banks. Uh, so that's that's kind of like a, a, a song that had a sequel and just kept going. And I love story songs. Like there's Southern Roots too, which I wrote with John, my husband. And that's a murder ballad. That's a swampy, sort of dark, empowerment murder ballad about a woman that was wrong. She was beaten, and then she ends up killing her husband and burying him under a tree. Mm. So that's very strong subject matter, <laughs> definitely. And then, um, you know, songs like Where the Muscadine Gro- Grows, I wrote with Suzanne Harper, a very dear friend of mine. And that was just kind of a an easy song to write together. It's about longing for home and just having journeyed far and always wishing to come back to that special place that makes you feel like you belong. So that's where, where the Muscadine grows came from and fixed to fall, which is another very personal ballad to me. I wrote with Claire Bowen, Brandon, Robert Young, and my husband, John Carter cash. And um, that's a story about a civil war soldier that comes back and his wife is waiting for him. Fantastic! What a what a hearty lineup, and and as I said, most impressive that it came out to be fourteen songs, which unfortunately we don't see enough of nowadays. I want to give Anna an opportunity to catch her breath, listeners. There were a couple things that she said in there that I want to revisit, which is number one, she mentioned rockabilly, which for some reason always brings me back to episode one sixty seven of this show when my guest was Aileen Quinn, oh who doesn't want to be known as Aileen Quinn of Annie fame from the 1982 motion picture, but we recorded that interview live on location at the Winter Nam Show in Anaheim, and I actually had the opportunity to go and see Aileen Quinn and the Leaping Lizards perform when I was in Los Angeles on a more recent trip. And then you've been hearing Anna make references to her husband, John Carter Cash, who is the son of the late, great Johnny Cash. And you know that Roy Orbison Jr. was on this show also back on episode 205. He's a great friend, friend, Boris, yes. Yeah, no doubt. So, listeners, I will put links to both of those interviews, Aileen Quinn and Roy Orbison Jr., on the show page for Anna's episode at nhte.net. But, Anna, I'm loving hearing you talk all about this album. And for the benefit of those listening who are just fans of music, or sometimes I like to say fans of music interviews, just educate the the general public, the general music fan, on why it does take an artist sometimes as long as you said it took three years to, to make this album. Well, I would say it's, it's about getting it right. Sometimes you can write many, many songs as I did, not all of them made it onto the project, not because they weren't strong enough necessarily, but because they were not cohesive. So I think when creating a full album, something of even an EP of six songs, or say you want to do a 12-song album or like a 14-track album like I did for Shine, you want to make sure that it paints a picture, that it tells a story. And although there are various musical influences on Shine, such as jazz, pop, country, and rockabilly, 
it sort of tells a cohesive story. Whereas a lot of the songs that I wrote during that three-year time period may necessarily follow another journey. Maybe Mm. they can be part of another album. So I think that's the main reason why. And it's about getting it right. Sometimes you can write a full album in one week and get in and record it. But I think the reason why this took as long as it did too is because of the collaboration, Mm -hmm. definitely. Because once you start collaborating with different minds, different kinds of people, different things do come out. So versus my 2015 album, when I, when I was just Anna Christina, unmarried, just Anna Christina, not Anna Christina Cash. It was called The West Coast Sessions. I wrote that album pretty much entirely with the exception of maybe one or two co-writes. And that flew, that process flew. But I think mm. when you have more collaborators, perhaps, the story is a little different. Well, but I like also your commitment to there's a theme that runs throughout the album. And if I have a song that I wrote that I like, but it's not a fit for this album, then it's not going on this album because someone's going to say, well, gee, all these songs seem to go together, except what's with this one over here? So I love your commitment to that (laughs) and sticking to there's a theme and there's a direction for this album and the others will have to wait for another project another time. Definitely. And that's, that's always a hard decision to make as a songwriter and as an artist, but that's why there's a producer involved as well. My, my husband's very blunt with me (laughs) 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 and he's like, you know, I, sorry, I know you love this one, but it just is not a part of the story. And, and sometimes you have to surrender your ego because as, as writers, they're like our babies, the songs. I I mean, how are you going to cast one of your babies, you know? So it's, it's hard. It's like that old sweater in the closet that has holes in it that you don't want to get rid of. It's like, you know, <laughs> but, you know what's, that, what's that woman, Marie Kondo? She's like, uh, does this spark joy? It's like, you know, I'm not getting rid of this. <laughs> it's like the same sort of situation. That's a great analogy. And hats off to your husband because, you know, it actually makes me remember of my young years as a young boy working for my grandfather at his stand at an open-air market, and he would say, when you get here on Saturday morning, I'm not your grandfather. I'm your boss. And in that case, John is looking at you, and he's saying, Anna, you're not my wife right now. I'm your producer, and we just can't have that song. And it is hard to hear as, an, as a writer, but you also know that he is doing it for the greater good of the project, as difficult as it is on him to look at the woman he loves and have to say, no, <laughs> we're not putting that on. Well, uh, you know, we tell each other no quite a bit, and we love each other very much. <laughs> so I think that's that's a part of a collaborative process as well, is just honesty and being respectful, which is very important. Sure. So, sure. you know, we're very respectful of each other's place and each other's work, and we work very well together. So it's it's been a successful combination as a producer and artist because of that level of respect. Well, so as we're hearing, clearly all the songs for the Shine album were written and recorded before the pandemic really overtook us all. But did the release of all the new music allow you to stay connected to fans throughout the pandemic because of the escape that it provided and something to talk about other than the coronavirus? I have to say that it did. The scheduled release was April 2020. And as you know, COVID was kind of circling around in March and by the end of March it was already here in the United States and I had it scheduled to be released in April 2020 and that's when it was released so a lot of my live performances got cancelled and switched to just media online and you know phone interviews and podcasts and um, I'm having to reschedule a Grand Ole Opry performance again that's being either scheduled for early 2021 or late 2020 I haven't been told yet but that that was hard for me because I was really looking forward to stepping back in that circle <laughs> and performing my original music, but it's it's being rescheduled. Uh, but it, it certainly has allowed me to be connected because of the world of, you know, Zoom interviews, because of Facebook, being able to talk about these songs. So it's saved me in many ways to be able to still connect with people through my artistry and talk about this body of work that I created because, everyone faced a huge level of anxiety and and perhaps everyone still is because there are several unknowns. And when we don't know what's going on, we, we get anxiety and art and the creation of music has been a huge outlet for me because of that. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Well, you started to touch on this just a little bit earlier on, but I want to get into some background here so the listeners understand that Nashville is home for you now, but you actually got there by way of Florida and California. So take us through that journey and those other major markets that you lived in before settling in Music City. Certainly. So I was born in Miami, Florida. Um, I'm a child of Cuban immigrants who migrated to the U.S. in the 1960s. And I grew up in a bicultural household, speaking both English and Spanish. So I got my start on the longest-running variety show in history that um, I was given the opportunity to perform on called Sabo Gigante, which was fully in Spanish on Univision Network. And I did competitions on television from the age of 6 to 13. Wow. Every year, yeah. So I started working with Univision at the age of 6. And then I would be in several children's musical numbers on television. So I'd go to school just like a regular child, and, you know, my friends would sometimes see me on TV. It was, it was very much <laughs> kind of like a combination between the Mickey Mouse Club and Star Search because mm. the competitions were kind of like Star Search. And then, like, the little skits that we did and, like, the little musical numbers were kind of like the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> so <laughs> they always had a children's portion, and they had a number um, to audition, and I... You know, I watched the show all the time with my grandmother, who, like, purely spoke Spanish only. And I was like, I want to be one of those kids. So I went, and I auditioned, I became a part of that. So then, at the age of 15, I had recorded some demos, and they reached the hands of a senior A&R at Sony Music Latin. And I was signed to um, a major record label to wow. Sony Music when wow. I was 15, 16. Wow. And, and then, yeah, thank you. I was you know, definitely, I I didn't realize how much work I had done early on until I started looking back on my life, but mm -hmm. I just kind of followed a path. I just followed a passion, and, you know, and things just sort of fell into place. So I released my first record, Anna Cristina, fully in Spanish. I would say mostly pop ballads and a few up-tempo songs, and I got to do promo tours in Mexico and in Puerto Rico and I got to work with Grammy Award-winning producers at a very young age. Mm. And I am so thankful for that experience because it really prepared me for life. I was in very adult circumstances, adult settings, working with adults since I was a child. Wow. So I think it fully prepared me for my future. And, you know, as the music business goes, when the there was a merger that happened between Sony and BMG, and a lot of the people that championed my project were let go. And therefore, as a newer artist, I was let go in order to, you know, continue supporting the artists that were already mm -hmm. established. So we, the label and I parted ways, but very amicably. And I started releasing independent projects on my own. And during this time, always performing around Florida for charity events. And before this, always you know, as a child performing in school and in church and everywhere I really could and youth fairs. And then from then on, I released just independent work. And then um, I had the opportunity to perform at the White House mm. in 2006 for Hispanic Heritage Week. And the year before that, in 2005, I had the opportunity to perform at a presidential inauguration. So, so the Continental Ball. For Fantastic presidential inauguration. So then I studied journalism in Florida. I finished my four-year degree from Florida International University and decided to move to California to continue pursuing music uh, and also auditioning acting roles. Okay. So I supported myself with session work, different studios, um, working on Spanish translation for video games and, and everything I could freelance. And that's where I recorded the West Coast Sessions album, which was produced by Chris Price, which mm. was more of like a pop soul vibe. And I would have to say that was a hugely inspiring time in my life. The four years I lived in California, I lived two years in Hollywood, like right smack dab <laughs> in the middle of Hollywood. Like I could walk my dog through like the Hollywood Walk of Fame and stuff. Mm. And a lot of my, and then the last two years in West Hollywood, and I had so many friends that were so creative and just very bohemian. And I would go watch them perform and they were either actors, they did plays, or they were painters, set designers, singers. And it was ex an extremely fruitful and artistic time for me. 
And my husband, that's where I met my husband. I lived across the street from the Sunset Marquee Hotel. I was just having a drink one day, and John was there and started talking to me. (laughs) And we became friends, and we exchanged information, just purely platonic. And he came back nine months later after we had met and asked me on a date nine months after we met. So the rest is history. I decided to move to Nashville, started dating, and then Nashville has been, again, extremely collaborative and very welcoming and very friendly, and this is where I got to make my Grand Ole Opry debut, and just my career just kind of shifted in, in a different direction. It's but beautiful. all of those influences, thank you, thank you, and all of those influences from Florida and California still carried on into my work in Nashville. Well, and it makes me wonder when you hear someone like me starting off an interview by introducing you as being connected to another band's project that has gotten nominations for two Latin Grammys and then your own work being on the preliminary ballot in several categories, is that kind of the pinnacle for your music career? Maybe a target that you set at some point, meaning hearing your name in the Grammys conversation? Um, Well, I, I, I'm absolutely thrilled to have projects at all really in, in, in talks with us. So it's, I'm very humbled by it most definitely for Los Tigres and to be able to translate, um, you know, a Johnny Cash song in Spanish, like Folsom prison blues. I had to be very careful in the way I did it um, to keep the integrity of the original, but also to make sense for the Hispanic American public. So I wanted to be very authentic with that and that sometimes translations are even harder than writing songs from scratch. So the fact that they're nominated in, in this, you know, second category for second round, I mean, for a long form video and best album, Norteño album, is awesome. And to have been a part of that was awesome. And then, you know, for first round for the Grammys, for, for Shine, to have just that there is incredible for me. Several songs off of Shine, like Broken Roses, Brand New Pair of Shoes, and Hey Hipster which is a funny one. Hey, <laughs> hipster. <laughs> it's definitely very humbling. I've, I've been a member of the Recording Academy and the Latin Recording Academy since 2005. So mm. I've voted very diligently for years as a member of the Latin Recording Academy and the Recording Academy. So to finally have projects kind of in Grammy conversation is, is very humbling and I'm honored. All good stuff. All good stuff. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player Anna Christina Cash. Visit her official website at com. I will put a link to her website from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. On her website, you will see links to all of her social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Her new album called Shine is available in the merch section of her website, And, of course, you can purchase digital downloads of it, as well as her version of Melikaliki Maka, from online retailers such as iTunes, Apple Music. She is on Spotify, so do follow her on there. But, again, I strongly encourage you to please consider purchasing and not just streaming Anna's music. In fact, another place where you can purchase Anna's music is on Amazon. With anything that you purchase from them, though, I ask you to please first start at my show website, nhte.net. Scroll down to the tall Amazon banner and tap or click that to go start your shopping with them. At the end of the transaction, at no extra cost to you, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses that I have for putting out a new episode of this show every week for what is more than six and a half years now. It's completely confidential. All Amazon tells me once a month is how much they're sending me from people clicking through the tall Amazon banner on nhte.net. So I don't know who bought from them, what was purchased, or how much was spent. So with the pandemic leading more and more people to shop online, not to mention Christmas shopping season pretty much being upon us, do please start any of your Amazon shopping by scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner and clicking through. Anna, clarify for the audience, I believe that Shine was also released on LP and CD also, yes? Yes, um, so Shine is available on LP and CD form on Amazon.com and also on Bandcamp.com. So you can also check out my website and all the information is in the merch there. 
So getting back to, we were talking about your work with Los Tigres del Norte. How much do you look to work with other artists that way versus focusing on just your own artist projects? I really like to vary. I, you know, I'm always going to work on my own artist projects because as, as a writer, I feel like I have a lot to say. And I hope to actually make a jazz album soon, mm. one day. I'm working on an, an EP right now of, of six songs for that's more country pop oriented and then I want to delve into some jazz so I have a lot of uh, goals I still want to meet as an artist just because I feel like I need to fulfill that artistic need however I love to collaborate with other artists I love to write with other artists I love to kind of take a different journey because it just really excites me creatively so any opportunity for collaboration with other artists is, is welcome in my book yeah, no doubt. They say that variety is the spice of life, but I think in this case the word maybe is more diversity in different genres, different collaborators, these different projects that you can get involved with that only expands your horizons. And not that there's anything wrong with just focusing on one's own solo work, but you learn so much more this way, and you get to, it's like an appetizer at a restaurant, a sampler platter. You get to try out different things and say, well, I guess I didn't realize that I really am drawn to jazz after all, or whatever genre you're in that day. Oh yes, I I did um you know a, a project that was Ghost Riders in, in the Sky with Des Safara, you know who sings metal and that was a great metal track that my husband John Carter Cash and I did you know that where I sang some some riffs on a metal track so that's mm. you know kind of a far departure from what I I do normally but I found it so fun and so enlightening to be asked to be a part of that so that's that was really cool. Well, speaking of other performers, I've been referring to you as a singer, songwriter, guitar player, but there have been guests on this show who have said to me, well, I play guitar, but with the talented players here in Nashville, I don't need to. So, you know, granted, there's not the usual supply of live shows in 2020, but in normal times, Anna, when you're performing live or even recording music, where do you come down on accompanying yourself versus having someone else play and you just focus on vocals? You know, um, it really depends on what kind of mood I'm in. If it's, if it's a song that I wrote, sometimes I'll just, like now in 2020, like I'll just put myself on Instagram and I'll just play guitar. Um, but I have a lot of different guitar players that I work with here, including Justin Johnson and Dave Dager, who are close friends of mine, and we'll social distance. And if I, if I feel like just focusing on the vocals or um, using my hands when I want to sing, I'll I'll just have them play with me. Honestly, it's just nice to see people in 2020. <laughs> so I think you know I think we could all benefit from the social interaction. So it it just depends on what kind of mood I'm in. And sometimes I feel like I just want to do something really quick and post it, and I'm I just have the guitar there, and so it just varies. Really, I don't have a preference. I'm I, I do have to say I'm not an incredibly big riff player as far as guitar and more rhythm guitar so when it comes to riff guitar i would definitely have another player play on that gotcha and yes listeners she did say justin johnson who you know i interviewed for episode 287 of this show it was last year it was summer of 2019 when i was in nashville for the summer nam show and justin johnson and i sat down and did a pretty hearty interview so i'll put a link to his interview as well so that you can go back and check out that episode if you never heard it yeah he's the wizard we call him the wizard and he's wonderful he and his his wife nikki we just absolutely love them john and i love them well and you know justin is another example of as i was saying before with aileen quinn of if it's something that puts someone on your radar great but you really want to be known more for the music and justin and i talked about this because we were talking about the shovel guitars that he does and you don't want to be known as the shovel guitar guy you want to be known as justin johnson and the great music that he puts out but if it's shovel guitars that lead you to him if it's annie that leads you to aileen quinn and you understand the point i'm trying to make but yeah justin is is really really talented and it's great to see how much success he's having most definitely. We actually collaborated on, on one of his projects. I did, um, I sang vocals on, on two of the songs of his, his um, not the most recent one, but the one before, the one that had more of like a, a Tex-Mex kind of vibe, you know? Nice, nice. Well, Anna, certainly there's nothing like being in the same room, the same venue with an audience, but 
you did do some live streams during this year throughout the pandemic. It seems to me like artists either really enjoy it or they either avoid it altogether or they just kind of do it begrudgingly. Any lessons, good or bad, that you've, as you've done some performances live online in 2020 that you've picked up? Well, any opportunity to connect with the audience is is amazing to me. I love to sing. It's what I've done my entire life. So to at least be able to have that avenue to be able to connect with people is so nice. Um, With this versus having a full show with an audience, you get comments and everything. So it's kind of like hard to read all the comments and you try to get back to everyone as much as you can. And, Mm. you know, just being at home and, and working from home and, just wearing sweatpants sometimes it's like ah, I gotta put makeup on today you know <laughs> so there's that um, as a female and you know we have to get our lighting right and, and the whole thing so there's there's that whole not a hurdle I would say but yes you do have to look a certain way and you can't just show up in your sweats um, or at least the top part <laughs> <laughs> you know um, so that's that sums up 2020 for me is, is like pajama pants and and makeup and a nice shirt for these shows <laughs> Well, you launched a series on your YouTube channel, a series called In the Kitchen with Anna. Am I reading too much into that and thinking that there was a strategy, meaning ultimately leading viewers to your music, or was it just plain and simple, like, no, it has nothing to do with it, it's just something fun? Oh, I would say that In the Kitchen with Anna was was really fun to do because I love to cook, and at one point I wasn't going to the grocery store at all, so I had to cook with everything that was in the in the freezer. So we mm. froze a bunch of stuff. But very creative. And I've always been a cook. I love to cook. However, I've been a lot more creative since. And when we didn't really know what was happening and that, you know, I didn't know if I could go to the grocery store with a mask at the time, so I didn't know how bad this thing was. Um, we were kind of just hoarding all of our food in the fridge. And I had to make do with whatever we had because we were scared. Like my husband did not want to send me out to the grocery store. So um, in the kitchen with Anna was a fun way to communicate with people and just share different recipes that got my family and I through the week. And I plan on doing more of those because I, I keep getting asked to do more and I have several ideas. So I do want to share my love for cooking as well. I love to cook all the time. I cook every single week, every single day. Well, and the other thing too is like we were saying before with the beauty of the escape that music provides, here's an opportunity for people to see you just living your life, cooking dinner and learning from it, but also being entertained enough to where it does take their mind off of the pandemic and everything that everybody's been going through this year. Absolutely. I I found cooking to be another creative outlet. So in the kitchen with Anna is something that I definitely want to continue in the future. And I want to be creative with my recipes. I I take recipes from books. I make up my own recipes. I have family recipes. I, I tweak recipes that I read online, like on the Food Network. And um, to me, it's just something else that you can be very creative with, just like music. You can control the ingredients. You can create something beautiful and share it with people. So mm. that's what I keep providing as well. Yeah, great analogy. Listeners, you know that as I've hit milestones with this show over the years, I've put out special best of Episodes. I feel like the latest edition of the Access Vegas newsletter was a special issue. They had extensive coverage of the opening of the new Circa Hotel and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, towering above Fremont Street. I was looking at a lot of pictures of that place, including the massive sports book that has what you might as well call theater or auditorium-style seating. Plus, I watched a video or two. I was reading about their stadium swim pool complex. There's no question I will be checking out Circa on my next trip to Las Vegas. So, yes, things are definitely open for business out there. Get in the know on everything happening out there, not just Circa, by going to my show website, nhte.net, and clicking on the Access Vegas logo to go sign up. And be sure to put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Remember, if you're planning a trip there, you're obviously going to want to get the most bang for your buck and maximize your time. So get insider tips from people right there in Las Vegas who've been publishing for years so that you have a great experience visiting their city, whether for business or pleasure. It all comes to your email inbox after you go to nhte.net and click on the Access Vegas logo to go sign up. And again, remember, for my audience, they will give you $5 off when you put in the code BRUCE during sign-up. Anna, we were talking about your YouTube channel, and you have just put up a brand new video on there for the song that we're going to be finishing with in a few minutes. 
Before we get to having you talk about the song itself, though, tell the audience about the video for Brand New Pair of Shoes that they'll see when they go to your YouTube channel. Yeah, so I did a live video um, performing Brand New Pair of Shoes at the Cash Cabin Studio here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and Dave Dager accompanied me on guitar, and I just wanted to do a very raw and honest performance of it. So this it's not necessarily a music video, it's a live acoustic video. So it's um, online, it's also been placed on the Johnny Cash socials on Instagram, on Facebook and everything, so you can check it out on my socials as well as Johnny Cash's because it is his unfinished song that I put music to and we co-wrote that. And it's a part of Forever Words Expanded, which was recently released. So you can check out that live performance and the video uh, live from the Cash Cabin Studio on my socials, Anna Christina Cash or Johnny Cash. And in everything that I saw, I wasn't surprised that when I got to the video, that the video is in black and white. I felt that that was so appropriate for everything surrounding that song. So clearly that was intentional to do that one in black and white. Yes. Most certainly. I felt, um, you know, when I when I read the lyrics for the first time, I knew that I had to write a jazz melody to it. So I restructured the lyrics from what was originally there. And I felt that I need to be playful and flirtatious, like the, the what he chose to do, because he's talking about his partner spraying on perfume that's, you know, just stinking up the whole room, um, killing a bunch of mink for fur coats and having tons of shoes. And he's just saying all he needs is $10 for a brand new pair of shoes. So how I thought, how fun would it be to create sort of like a satire around this with, with a playful jazz melody? And it's kind of a retro throwback vibe, so the black and white definitely complements that, so that was purposeful. Yeah, and by the way, listeners, a combined total of almost 1.7 million views on Anna's official YouTube channel, including even some cover songs and videos from before she was married when her artist name was Anna Christina. Plus, you'll also see some real new uploads called Cash Cabin Live Sessions. I do want to, before we close, Anna, I do want to talk about, you mentioned before that you were supposed to be doing a show this year at the Grand Ole Opry. Fortunately, though, as I had mentioned back in the intro, you did perform there last year. I just want to give you an opportunity to take us back through that night in 2019. Yes, yeah, so I officially made my Grand Ole Opry debut as an artist in November 2019, singing two of my songs. I sang Broken Roses and Tough Love Woman, which is on the Shine album. And it was amazing to step into that circle as a recording artist performing my own songs because I had I'd been fortunate enough to perform with other people on the Grand Ole Opry, but mostly singing background vocals or just, you know, singing like a verse or duos and things like that. But to be able to be announced as an artist and perform my own songs was something incredible. I'm sure. I'm sure. So I have to ask, now that you have performed at the Grand Ole Opry in the way that you just described, are there other venues on your bucket list? And and I'm wondering, have you played at the Bluebird Cafe, by the way? Yeah, so I've played at the Bluebird Cafe a few times. Um, Once for a CSAC, well, actually twice for CSAC songwriter sessions. So um, I love the Bluebird Cafe. It's a very special, intimate venue. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of where else I'd, I'd like to sing. In um, I think I have not performed at the Listening Room, which is mm. which is a, a popular place here here in Nashville. Yeah. Um, you know, I in New York City there are a few I have to think of right now. I oh actually the Carlisle I would love to do a, a jazz set at the Carlisle someday. It's one of my bucket list things. <laughs> so definitely would love to do that. And listeners, I always say all the more reason to keep up with the guest online so that you can see, because she will, she will, she will perform at these places. So (laughs) keep up with her online and and watch for for when some of these start getting checked off the list. Anna, we're going to close today with brand new pair of shoes, which we've heard a little bit about. We talked about the video for it. We talked about it being re-released the same day as Melikaliki Maka and this being from the Shine album. But before we play it, I just want to give you some more time to talk about it because what a unique set of circumstances surrounded this song. I wonder, did you feel more pressure when your husband brought it to you? Did you feel flattered? Was it kind of all the above? And and just, you know, like what specifically were the logistics of, of John finding this song, bringing it to you, 
all those types of details? Well, I would say I was definitely flattered and I wanted to do it justice. I, I treated it with integrity. That was the goal. I wanted to um, do the best job possible. And I tried not to put too much pressure on myself. What, what I did is I, I just tried to listen to the divine muses of inspiration. I had a guitar with me. Mm. I stared at the lyrics and, you know, first I had one melody that I thought would work, but didn't end up being the melody. And then the second melody, which is what ended up being recorded came. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. I'm going to stick to this. And, I have to say it's a mix of it was a mix of work and divine inspiration. But where did John find these lyrics? When did he find them? How do they go all those years before getting discovered? Sure. Um, so he compiled a list of several of his dad's unfinished lyrics, and I'm not sure specifically when he found brand new pair of shoes or from what time frame, but he believes that it's about his mother and it's a sort of satire tongue in cheek thing about his mother, June Carter cash. And they were just on a plain sheet of paper and I had it in my hand in Johnny cash's handwriting. And, and that's just what called to me. So the first forever words project was released a few years ago and Chris Cornell was on it. Jewel was on it. Um, various artists, various acts, and now in this expanded edition, um, several singles are being released as a part of the expanded edition. So um, I believe they released mine at the same time as an Elvis Costello track and Sean Camp and a few others. So they will keep coming out in increments for this expanded version. So he's held on to the lyrics for some time. Um, for the first project, he worked with Steve Berkowitz, um, who's a producer and, and was an executive at Sony for many years. And together they um, compiled a, a book of these unfinished lyrics, and it was a very laborious process for the first album. So was Brand New Pair of Shoes already written down as the title, or was that something that you came up with or that your husband came up with? What, what form was the song in as it relates to, did you just have to come up with the melody, or did you maybe add a lyric or two, or like I said, the title, or no? So it was... It just kept repeating the word brand new pair of shoes. I don't believe there was necessarily the title brand new pair of shoes. I did have to do some lyrical restructuring. I didn't change his lyrics, but a few words were added, um, like a few repetitions, like the I'm breaking, I'm breaking in a brand new pair of shoes. It was it was literally just I'm breaking in a brand new pair of shoes. It I wasn't see. saying I'm breaking, breaking. So like little structural changes like that. Mm -hmm. um, repetitious things um i had to structure where the verses were where the chorus was so there was definitely a lot of restructuring going on but the lyrics were intact and then i was able to compose the, the music for it gotcha gotcha well listeners unlike the beginning of this episode we will be playing it in its entirety so i'd like to first thank anna for all your time and congratulations again on the album and on the new Christmas single, and we wish you all the best. Thanks for making time to be on Now Hear This Entertainment. Thank you for your support, Bruce. I appreciate it. Thanks for chatting. Absolutely. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, Anna Christina Cash. Do visit her official website at AnnaChristinaCash.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. She is very active on social media, so be sure to like her music page on Facebook, follow her on Twitter and Instagram. I have already done all three of those things myself earlier today, so please do the same for her. You heard us talk about her YouTube channel, so do subscribe there and watch and like the videos that Anna has posted. For that matter, tell you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Her new album, released earlier this year, is called Shine. You can find it and other releases in the merch section of AnnaChristinaCash.com. Remember, there are physical units available. And again, while yes, you can follow her on Spotify, do instead please consider purchasing digital downloads of Anna's music from the likes of iTunes or even Amazon. As you heard me say earlier, anytime you're going to buy anything at all from Amazon, do please start by going to my show website, nhte.net, and scrolling down to the tall Amazon banner. Once you click or tap on that, 
You'll be taken to Amazon, and in the process, you'll be helping me and my show. At no extra cost to you, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, and that sure helps when it comes to the various expenses that come with doing a new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment every week. If you want to email me, podcast at nhte.net, to let me know that you clicked through my Amazon banner, awesome. If not, thanks to privacy policies, it will otherwise all be anonymous. They don't tell me who bought through my banner or what was purchased or how much was spent. I do, however, greatly appreciate anyone and everyone who does that. Again, on nhte.net, just scroll down to the tall Amazon banner and click or tap on it to go start your online shopping. For now, that will do it for episode 354. I really appreciate everyone who listens to the show every week. We will wrap up this episode with another song from Anna Christina Cash. This is the one she just talked about called Brand New Pair of Shoes. I'm breaking, I'm breaking in a brand new pair of shoes. Walking till I lose all my money blues. I spent my last dollar I'll ever spend. And I'm breaking in a brand new pair of shoes. Your closet walls are busting out with your expensive rags. Your shelves are packed with crocodile and alligator bags. A thousand little mink have died so you could have their coats. Now the money's gone, the money's gone, and that's how you roll. Breaking, I'm breaking in a brand new pair of shoes. Walking till I lose all my money blues. I spent my last dollar I'll ever spend on you. So I'm breaking in a brand new pair of shoes. A brand new pair of shoes I'm breaking